Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this episode, we compare, for a fun episode, um, adaptations of The Odyssey, which is Oh Brother, We're Out Thou, and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Yep, yep, both uh, both very clearly based on The Odyssey, but uh, certainly loose adaptations. Very loose. To the point that I discovered, um, thankfully, when researching this, that the Coen brothers have never read The Odyssey, uh, which is good because neither have we. Yes. So, uh, we're discussing movies based on The Odyssey by people who have never read The Odyssey, and we also have never read The Odyssey. Appropriate. Yeah. Do we have to read it now? No, I kind of, like, like the Coen brothers, I, I know a decent amount of it just from, you know, osmosis through other cultural things, and um, I did kind of quickly research the uh, the key points before we watched the movies to see, like, what they actually cover off in them. Returning back from the Trojan War? Well, that's the main plot of it, and that's actually, I think, the biggest difference between these two movies, which is that both the Odyssey and, obviously, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou are about the journey home, whereas SpongeBob SquarePants, maybe they go there and back again. Yeah. Um, not to Troy, to Shell City. Yeah. Which is the same thing, I guess. They don't really fight. Well, I know they kind of do fight a war there. Or they start a war. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself here. Um, yeah, where do you want to start off with these two? Um, I really like Coen Brothers movies. Mm. We've managed to do two episodes in a row on these Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, we have. Which uh, wasn't planned. No. Um, and it's nice seeing George Clooney in a movie where he doesn't just play... Handsome guy? Well, he is technically playing a criminal in this, but like... In my mind, the only other thing he was ever in is those, like, Oceans remake movies. And Batman and Robin, which you've erased from your memory. That's because of the bat nipples. <laughs> um, and the, like, crotch zooms and butt zooms. Do you remember that from the, like... In Batman and Robin? Yeah. I thought you were saying, you know, Brother Warrior there, and I was like, I don't think I noticed that, actually. No. It's just... I feel like, did, that, did they not do that more to Val Kilmer in Batman Forever? He had bat nipples, didn't he? No, I'm pretty sure... Oh, was that only Clooney had bat only nipples? Only Clooney had bat nipples. Hmm. Like, there's... The way Tim Burton does stuff, which yeah. is making things in... Like, you're supposed to perceive as real life as comic bookily and weird as possible. Yeah. Um, so that worked for the Keaton... Yeah, but then when um, Joel took over, it became very comic booky, but more towards the Adam West end of comic book, yeah, where it, it just became super camp. And honestly, I love campy stuff, but man, that is just, I don't know, it's its too much sometimes, you know, um, so. all the characters having... Uh, catch lines and catchphrases just reminded me very much of Adam West as Batman, and I love Adam West as yeah. Batman, but it never showed off George Clooney's talent for acting. Um, and I think he got typecast, even though wasn't he executive producer of the Oceans movies? I know he's quite heavily I'm not sure. involved. He's definitely he's pretty he's like he's pretty good as a director as well. Cause he's directed. Um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and he is in that, and is very good in that as well. Yeah. But it's a great movie. Um, yeah, I think he's. I think he, yeah, I think he's a better actor than people give him credit for. But I think it's because he basically did what Harrison Ford did to himself, mm. which is only choosing projects that he had to do minimum effort to, <laughs> to play him. He was playing himself. That's that's mm. my opinion. Um, you know, if anybody has a comment or a movie that I should watch with George Clooney not playing himself, you know, feel free to join our Discord and um, tell I me there. I watched, um, I saw The Men Who Stare at Ghosts in cinema. Yeah. That was a weird movie, but I don't remember much of it now. 
I just knew at the time being like, wow, George Clooney is weird. Yeah. Because I think, did he direct that one as well? He was involved, like, behind the scenes in that one, as far as I remember. Yeah. But it's been, a, it's been a long time since back to that. But I do remember watching that and being like, oh, all right, this guy's going to be weird. That was, it, you know, the, <laughs> the men who stare at goats um, is, the whole story is far weirder than the movie. Right. It's um, one of those stranger than fiction things where, like the yeah, like when if you, they made the movie as as bizarre as the real life story. Because in real life, there was a two star general who was convinced that if he believed hard, and this is like a general in the American military yeah. who believed hard enough because the distance between atoms is larger than the atoms themselves. Mm-hmm. Therefore, any solid object is mainly is completely made out of atoms. Therefore, mainly made out of negative space. So he kept trying to walk into through a wall. Um, you know the the whole concept of getting these people together to try and make like a um a, a super soldier or an uber soldat or like you know the next generation fighter, which was like a psychic like. All those like they, it reminds me of um, uh, the whole um, occult Nazi stuff from like World War Two, kind of like regressive ideal thinking because it's like oh well no one's come up with this yet so therefore it's like the next so the next battlefield is inside your own mind. Um, yeah, he produced it, but he didn't direct that one. But um, I think he's just drawn to those like wilder than fiction real life stories because that's kind of what Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is as well. Is it's um, it was about a game show host who got like roped into being a a double agent for the CIA or whatever because he was such a public figure people wouldn't expect it of him. It was it's like a bizarre story, um, really good film though. Anyway, it's not actually related to what we're talking about today. Isn't it? We're talking about George Clooney. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is like I like I said, like you said, a better actor than people give him credit for. And this, um, I feel like Oh Brother Where Art Thou really showcases it. Yeah. Um, more than other films I've seen, so I agree. Because I'm pretty sure he was in. What was the other thing that I used to watch with him in it? There was a TV show. Was it ER? Was it ER that he was in? For he years? was in that for years. Yeah, that's where he got his start, I think, acting wise. Yeah. Um, Did you watch a year? Yeah, I watched a year. Was it, it probably it was that? Probably was. Yeah. Um, Can we you went straight from that into films? How did I forget from Dust Till Dawn? I don't know because you love that movie. I've never seen it, so that's why. But it's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. It already stars Quentin Tarantino. That doesn't mean I've seen on, it. I haven't. Sucking on. Um, I haven't seen every movie that Quentin Tarantino hasn't directed. That's not how this works. feet. God. <laughs> I don't want to see Quentin Tarantino sucking on anyone's feet. Um. Upsetting. Anyway, 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 um, both movies have. Interesting cast in them. I love Quiz, uh, Quincy Jones and who else was in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie that stood out? Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. Alec Baldwin, yeah. um, oh, Alec Baldwin, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson playing the um, King Neptune's daughter. Mindy, yeah. Yeah. Just a uh, so interesting. Obviously. Um, Everyone knows about Bikini Bottom being set in the nuclear testing for the in the Pacific, um, where Oh Brother Out Where Out Thou is set in like a fictitious version of the Depression in the nineteen thirties. Yeah, nineteen thirties Mississippi. Yeah, and it is very south. Um, it's very Mississippi. Yeah. But there is some reflection of like the characters, obviously, other than the fact that they. Spongebob literally fights the Cyclops, um, there, and the, the sirens being actual sirens, and, uh... Yeah, they really leaned into the sirens, just, just straight out being sirens, you know, yeah. they were there. Yeah, versus uh, an old lady selling ice cream, <laughs> and a phone graveyard. I genuinely love that, because it's like, because I think a lot of Spongebob, I know that, you know, Spongebob is just a ditzy cartoon or whatever. 
to a lot of people. Yeah. But, like, they put in research in that show. Yeah. And they've put in research into the movie as well because, like, that is a real thing that a lot of animals do. Um, and especially a lot of fish that they have. It's called aggressive mimicry. Yeah. Where they have, like, there's a, a partic- there's a fish that I think that one is supposed to be kind of based on that, like, has parts of it that look like worms. So the other fish will come along to try and grab the worms and then it can just open up and yeah. eat it. And that's what they do, you know, and it makes perfect sense in a universe where all your characters are, you know, sea creatures to be like, well, what works as a siren for something that's already under the sea? Because it's not going to bring them down and drown it. And yeah. it's like, a hundred percent. An old lady selling ice cream. No, no, but 100%. Surrounded by corpses. (laughs) In terms of the sea creature thing, 100%, it it will be like an aggressive fish with um, aggressive mimicry. So it's like got this thing to lure in the other fish so that it can eat them. Yeah. Because it's cartoony and it's SpongeBob, what the little thing is, is it looks, instead of just looking like a worm, it looks like an old lady selling ice cream. Because in SpongeBob SquarePants, like if if she if there was a worm, it would be a lady. You know what I mean? It would be a person. Yeah. There's a snake that also does it that's tails evolved to look like a spider. A spider and it looks like it moves. Yeah. It's so scary. And it wiggles its little spider tail and the birds trying to eat it and then it just eats the birds. It eats the birds, yeah. Um yeah, there's a whole load of creatures that do it. Um but there's definitely a lot a lot of calls in the deep under the ocean for for fish to have different kinds of lures, like even like the angler fish with the light and things like that, like to get things to come close to it so it can get it, get them. I just mimicked that. It like yeah. people can't see what I just did. Yeah. I just used my hands to like <laughs> mimic a fish. Only our Patreon members that. can uh, see what this is. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon, so no one can. Um, I think if an animal evolved to do that to people, we'd be so screwed. Yeah. Because most people are idiots. Yeah. So if you're like walking through, like how mimics work in D&D, you're like, oh, treasure chest, there must be something good in it, and then it eats you. Yeah, yeah, or it's like, it's like, um, I think, I think, I think I was literally going to like write the plot of Stephen King's It, even though I haven't read the book or seen it, adaptation, I was going to say like, if it's like a cat, something making a cat noises down a drain and people will <laughs> would go down the drain and get eaten by it. Is that basically what it is? A version of that for humans? Um, no. Because it's, it's a big monster thing that looks like a clown, right? Yeah, to so... To lure kids in and then eat them. Yeah, it's... That feels like a... a like, Stephen too. King, I have my love-hate relationship with Stephen King. Right. Um, I don't know if I went over this in the podcast. I think you previously. did when we did the um, uh, the black phone versus Mr. Yeah, that, that's Hardy's right. Phone. Um, yeah, I, I basically the creature spoilers. Obviously, all spoilers. Um, yeah, but cre- we 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 haven't previously warned you that we're going to spoil oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. different franchise. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, spoilers for it. Um, if you haven't seen the Tim Curry movie, which or mini series, which is absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, better than the remake because I first watched the first remake and it was just like this is they just like made the clown look, but it's not as over the top campy scary, mm-hmm. which was what made it better. Yeah, because I'm not one of the people that are scared of clowns. Yeah. Um. But basically, it is a giant space alien yeah. who feeds on children in like a weird, like it, it goes into hibernation and then wakes up and eats kids. Okay. It just takes the form of a clown. Mm-hmm. But like, it's whole, it like feeds on people's fear. Right, okay. Why it's trying so to terrify clown, them rather but, than just eat them? Because if you like, if your sustenance only comes from the nutritional content of a corpse, then just eat. Then you just eat people, so yeah. you you appear like what people want rather than what people are afraid of. Yeah. So so the clown thing is to scare people, not to lure them in. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And, um, then, and then they have. So he's not a siren. <laughs> group sex 
and then go down it into the sewer and then kill the thing with it. Yeah. Okay. It's very weird. Oh, I don't think I even Stephen King that. did so much cocaine he doesn't <laughs> even remember half the books he wrote. <laughs> it is a true fact. You can look that up. Um, Alright, back on track. Back on track. Spongebob. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. It's 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 an interesting adaptation because Spongebob, who is, like, if you've ever watched the show, uh, which I have, and I'm assuming you have as mm-hmm. well. I saw this movie in cinema. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't see Our Brother Art. That was cinema. Fair. Um, judging by the box offices, a lot of people didn't see Our Brother Art. That was cinema. Yeah, Gone Brothers movies have, like, hit and miss with actual money making. Yeah, fantastic like, film, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get given a quest, and they're off on a quest, which is not unusual for Spongebob, who is basically seen, he is the main character, but he's not seen as the main character by everyone around him, he's not like, he's not Buzz Lightyear, he's not, you know, he's not, um, Batman, he's not, you know, he's just like, the he's just guy. just dude, yeah. But did you say... Because what did he say at the beginning of the movie? Oh, yeah, he th- that he's been an employee, employee of the month, month for 374 consecutive months. That's 31 years. Or or slightly more than that. Is it more than that? Yeah, just, just over 31 years. Because 31 years would be 372 months. So from the first episode, which is when he gets the job at the Krusty Krab. Yeah. And saves Mr. Krabs and Squidward from the sardines. Mm-hmm. The smelly smell. So this this smells. movie this movie is like thirty one years later. Yeah. But it's funny because it's um I didn't realize this at the time. But I I don't know if I knew it at the time, but I didn't realize it um since then anyway. Because obviously SpongeBob has become a huge thing. It was only three seasons, I think, and then it was there was gonna be no more. Yeah. And this movie was made as the finale. This was like, this is the end story of Spongebob. Yeah. Um, and then the movie was so popular that they were like, hey, make more Spongebob. I think this <laughs> Just throwing same, money at them. I think the same thing happened with The Simpsons. Did it? Because I'm pretty sure when, you make a, when you're a TV show and you make a movie... There's either two reasons why you're making a movie. One, your studio's cancelled you, but they've given you, like, another season's worth of budget, but they're like, cool, finish it. Yeah, yeah. Or the show ended, all the props got sold off, the cast went on to, and the producer and everybody behind the scenes went off to do different stuff. And then... People wanted it. And people wanted it. Yeah. Um, Ergo, Chronicles of Riddick, Ergo... um, Serenity, the Firefly mm, movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's Bob's Burgers. Yeah. It's um it's interesting where you get it's like a regeneration regeneration uh, rejuvenation of a of a IP based on a movie. Hmm. And it's like these days, you know, you could sit there and watch because we've been watching Last of Us, um, and Mandalorian at the same time. Yada Pedro Pascal for like being on everybody's radar at the moment. Um, That's yeah, you can sit there and watch like two episodes in an evening, yeah, and not be going to bed at like midnight. Or you could watch a movie, and that's pretty much it in the modern day and era, unless you're like binge watching stuff, which is not good for your health at all. Um. Yeah, so it ended up being... I'm trying to figure out if it's still going. I don't think it is. I think it's it's fully ended now. But it ended up being 13 seasons when it originally was three seasons. Jesus. How many... There's like four movies, isn't there? Uh, yeah, there's multiple movies now. There's They've released a few a, a few more in recent years. But this, what they've said that this movie that we're talking about now is still considered... Is their canon ending to, oh, the, right. to the whole thing. So what they said basically when they when the series got back up and running afterwards, they were like, okay, everything else that we make, SpongeBob wise, takes place between episode one and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. 
Right. It's like somewhere in there. So so all the additional ten seasons they've made and the additional movies they've made are all before this movie. So they're in that thirty one years or whatever that he was working at the Krusty Krab. So you get a lot of um, similarities between the supporting cast in um, these these two movies, which I don't think was intentional. Mm-hmm. And obviously maybe they're, from what I know of the Odyssey, they're not based on anything. Yeah. So you've got, in Oh Brother, What Are Out Thou, um, you've got two governors competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, one being a member of the KKK, which, you know, which, makes sense for the South and that era. It's so funny, though, because, like, you almost expect the other governor to be in the KKK. Because yeah. the other governor is, like, an old, white, seems like a conservative governor who doesn't, who's not too interested in, um, you know, in integration, as they call it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's, he's got his son working for him and it's all he's all about nepotism and whatever and he's been governor for years and then they've got the new like guy with new ideas coming in yeah but the new guy is the one who turns out to be in the kkk yeah and the old guy once he sees a band that has white members and a black member and people enjoying the music he's like oh people like this integration thing okay we'll yeah. bring it integration yeah <laughs> and you're just like wait hang on i thought this would be the other way around so in my mind, the yeah. old governor is Kim ne- King Neptune. Right, okay. And the KKK guy, governor, is Plankton. Makes sense. he's trying to take over. Because I think, ironically, even though Neptune um, in Roman mythology is Poseidon yeah. in, in Greek mythology, in the story of the Odyssey, Poseidon is an antagonist, whereas Zeus is the one who's daughter Athena convinces them to actually help them out and and absolve them and stuff and like that that governor is the one who um absolves them yeah who yeah. who who I was gonna think of, what's the actual word pardon pardons yeah he, he pardons their crimes um so I think you're right that those possibly are both supposed to be Zeus in this story yeah um I don't know so then is Plankton supposed to be Poseidon because he's the one who sends someone after him. I think, obviously, Dennis and the sheriff are the same. Yeah. But I don't know, like, or do they have a direct comparison? But it's what they must do, if because they're so similar. You know, yeah. they've both been sent to find them, and they... um The sheriff is clearly meant to be the devil. Yeah. As well. Um, because he fits the description that the, the black guy gives when he said he sold his soul to the devil. Yeah. And then he shows up and is like, and they say like, no, the law, the law says we've been pardoned. And he's like, laws are human gain or something. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Who are you? That's, it's an interesting, interesting concept, um, adaptation. Because it is a interesting and sort of upsetting part of American history. It's a world history, like the Depression didn't yeah. just hit it in the States. Um but I still think, yeah, that this the concept it's even now, like you you could look at it that there it's not great to be um not white and in the South. Um or an immigrant into the United United States, or you know even legally, um, it's all very weird. But yeah, still fighting the same concepts, like a hundred years later, is very. What's the what's the opposite of progressive? Um, regressive. Yeah. Or conservative. <laughs> yeah. Depending on what way you mean. Conservative might piss some people off. Um, it, no, it's just, it's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting look at the fact that nothing's really changed. Obviously, mm-hmm. laws physically have, um, and obviously, you know, you've got schools that, you know, serve every race. It's not like, but this still against my argument of that race is a social construct. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting looking at the fact that it's like still... 
nothing's changed really. Mm. People are still having the debate, and it doesn't make any sense. You know, that's why we need a some sort of creature that lives underground that mimics a like Happy Meal or <laughs> or um, a pizza or you know a sexy lady. Or, or an man. old lady with ice cream. Yeah, or old lady with ice cream if you want to lure kids in. Um, or people like To really that. unite humans. Mm. You know, we need the mimics that eat people. Just so, you know. And it's interesting because you think, you'd hope, uh, you know, if you're one of our listeners, I, I hope you're, you know, a pretty open-minded person because we cover a lot of subjects. You'd hope we just all went through the same shared social experience. We all had a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Everybody was involved. Every human being on this planet was involved in the pandemic. Except for that one guy who was on Stewart Island for a few weeks and he resurfaced and was like, what's going on? Yeah. There's a few people around New Zealand that made headlines doing that. Being like, I was out hunting deer for several weeks and the police are like, you're not allowed out of your house. It's like, I haven't been in my house for a month. Um, it would just feel like we're more divided now than we were beforehand mm. because it was like this whole wear a mask to protect yourself and your loved ones I'm not wearing a mask it's like get a vaccine to protect your friends and loved ones I'm not getting a vaccine it's like what we need uh, me and you what we need is we need someone to make a film about the COVID pandemic and how it how it went and then we can compare that to Contagion, which was released several years beforehand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and predicted that this is exactly what people would do. Yeah. That's the thing, is that like any media that predicted a pandemic, or like that, well, I mean, everyone predicted a pandemic. Everyone knew a pandemic was coming at some point. You know, it's inevitable. But um, every piece of media that has, like, explored that has has gone in the direction of, well, humans are not going to actually come together yeah. and help each other with this. Yeah, I mean, we're like you said, we're watching The Last of Us at the moment, and yeah, it seems because seems you, basic, <laughs> you basically revert when the very thin glass of um, social normality is shattered, mm -hmm. and people revert to tribalism. Mm -hmm. It's it gets, shout out to our other favorite show, Yellow Jackets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, which is, oh, by the time this episode's released, it'll be out already. Yeah, we'll be Sorry. watching Yellow Jackets then. Very um, I love cannibal girls in the woods. Um, okay, it's a weird way to say The, yeah, it's just, it's just bizarre to me. But anyway, I've digressed enough away in a direction that has no ending because there is no conclusion to the subject. Um, other than my idea of some sort of super organism that eats humans by mimicking things we want. Um, it's the music in these movies are fantastic. Yeah, genuinely. I love the soundtrack for both films. Yeah. Um, like the sequence where... They scam the blind um, recording studio. Like, is it a transmitter? Is it a ro radio station? It, it's it very looks like he's both a radio station and a recording studio. Yeah, just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they get up there and they sing, I'm a goofy goober. Um, <laughs> the, I thought of that joke ages ago. Uh, the <laughs> I'm a goofy goober. <laughs> my favorite part, George Clooney, um, yeah. singing I'm a goofy goober. Um, the yeah, that like little scammy air like bit of that is is, is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, the weirdness of time in both these movies because it's like SpongeBob has got like a week to get the um helm on the helm of the precise crown. Neptune. Yeah, Neptune. Uh, oh my god, are you okay? The Greek one. Um, oh, Poseidon. Poseidon. Poseidon's crown back. And I'm like, no. no it's, it's Neptune. Oh, no, it's Neptune. Yeah. Um, King Neptune's crown back. Mm -hmm. um, because he's bald. 
Um, oh, oh. <laughs> the the amount of memes from that movie from it, that movie that's like ninety percent so of the SpongeBob memes. Funny because like I haven't seen that movie in years. Like I said, I watched it in cinema. I'm pretty sure I watched it at least once since then. But even then, would have been you know twenty years ago at this point, uh, or almost twenty years ago. Um. So watching it, I was like, oh my god, there's things in this that I still quote yeah. on a regular basis. Like the, have you ever seen me like slapping my knee? There's always in reference to those two, like the two guys in like the truck stop and Spongebob yeah. where they're like, fill her up with mustard or ketchup. <laughs> and like, I think that, that lives in my brain. And I just hadn't even, there was like a whole load of different sequences in that movie that I was like, wow, I just... There's part of my brain dedicated to this film. <laughs> also, I like I have such vivid memories of seeing it in cinema. And I thought that I was like, because I remember feeling at the time that I was like old to be in the audience, and I was like, oh. so in my mind, I was like, I must have been, you know, fifteen or sixteen or slightly older or whatever. Because I know I went with um my younger sibling and their friend, and um. Yeah, the movie came out in two thousand four, so I was thirteen. Yeah. Which makes a lot more sense that I was going to a Spongebob movie when I was 13. Yeah. Though I did, I dressed up as Spongebob for a, there was like a no uniform day at school. Um, and that probably was when I was 15 or so, maybe. Um, or maybe, maybe it was younger. It was in secondary school anyway, so I was o- older than 12. And I dressed as Spongebob Squarepants for it. The, sorry, there was it was a theme day. It wasn't just like that you could just wear regular clothes when I dressed and came in as Spongebob. Our, every class group had a theme and ours was cartoon characters so I was like hell yeah I'm going all out so most people were like princesses or you know like Kim Possible and things like that and I came in I, like we turned a cot mattress into like a, just a giant Spongebob face and I had like my dad's trousers and a shirt and a tie and everything and I'd drawn big eyes on paper and stuck them onto it it had like cut tiny little eye holes so I could see out through this giant thing. So I literally went around school for a day as SpongeBob. But people loved it so much that like multiple different people ended up borrowing that costume to wear it for different things. At, at one point, my older brother's uh, one of his friends borrowed it for a school thing, and we were literally like driving to school and SpongeBob cycled past us. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, it's my SpongeBob costume. Um, so it became kind of infamous. But yeah, I was. Yeah, I was 13 in the cinema seeing this movie. Um, and I still, like, very vividly remember seeing it. It's weird. I don't know why, like, of all the movies I saw when I was younger, this is one of the ones. This and National Treasure Book of Secrets. Which was very memorable because they put on No Country for Old Men at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> this doesn't seem like a National Treasure movie. Anyway. And I just went on a rant about <laughs> But yeah, so we were saying that the the memes are like eternal. There's so yeah. many memes yeah. from that movie that yeah. are still regularly used memes twenty years later. Yes. The 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 part that cracked me up the most is when Mindy turns up and convinces both of uh, SpongeBob and Patrick that they're men by putting kelp mustaches on them. Yep. And then Dennis, who's the assassin that's come there to stop them, shows up and is just like, Yo, I thought that was salad. Like, that's not a moustache. Yeah. Like, this is a moustache. And he pulls his bandana down and he's got no moustache. And he just forces a moustache out. Yeah. And it is just, that moment was just so internalised for me. of just being like, it's, it feels very Ron Swanson. It feels yeah. very, like just so angry that you can't die kind of material just <laughs> yeah, like being able to physically grow a bushy mustache and sheer will yeah yeah just like just like just, just like grin for, or you know just like um brace for it for a second and then it just pops yeah out. yeah it's like there you go there's my mustache um i'm gonna interrupt us because uh this is our second episode that is in partnership with Crafted by Jessica Ratledge. No, yes, it's sponsored. Yeah, well, it's it's partnership, I would say. Partnershiped. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we mentioned this on our previous episode, uh, and uh, it'll have been on our social medias at our Discord, 
Um, but we have a collaboration with um, Crafted by Jessica Rowledge, that is uh, a New Zealand-based company that handcrafts street jewellery and accessories right here in Aotearoa. Um, proudly Māori-owned and made. Uh, you can use the promo code It Takes Two for 10% off your order there. And there is, as we mentioned previously, a limited run of It Takes Two necklaces. So technically, this is our first official merchandise. Yeah, I think he says that a lot too. Yeah, but I'm just reiterating the point. Like, this is guys, our... this is our merch. Yeah, this is our merch. <laughs> it's the closest you're getting to merch for the moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, it's a business that I'm that I'm really excited to be partnered with. Um. And it's it's pretty cool to have uh, have them do this for us. So if you visit craftedby.co.nz, you can get further information there. Um, and like I said, you can get that um, 10% off by using the promo code ITTAKES2, all one word. Uh, and check out that limited run of It Takes Two necklaces. So the offer is valid until the 1st of May. I should think that I had, I had the date written down in numbers and I had to remember what the 5th month was. <laughs> that, that would be the month that is my birthday. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so check that out. Alright. Back to the show. Back to the, back to the, the movies. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, how, like, not knowing a whole lot about the Odyssey, watching how two, these two very different takes on it, but they're both clearly the same story. Yeah. The, what I was, what I was getting to the point, there is a weird amount of time movement in these movies and yeah. it reminds me and the randomness of them encountering events reminds me heavily of um i'm um going to forget the t- the name of the movie slash play by william shakespeare that is set in another play help me lisa oh hamlet the play within a play no no um, so and so and so and so. Oh, Rose across the field and turn dead. That's not a play by Shakespeare, which is why uh, okay, it well confused me. But you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. based on Hamlet. Yeah. So it's Tom Stoppard, is the, the playwright. Yeah, but there's that weird, like, them wandering along and then things happen to them. Yeah, and it's just like. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what all Greek tragedies and things are about, really, is that, like, the protagonist is just going about their day and the gods keep shitting on them. Yeah. Right? That's, like, the whole thing. Because, yeah. um, I mean, that's... With the Odyssey, the actual Odyssey... So both these movies take place in less than a week. Yeah. Um, because, uh, oh, brother, where art thou? They have four days, I think they say, to get somewhere. Yeah. And in Spongebob Squarepants movie, they're given six days to get to Shell City and back. Um... But in the Odyssey, it's he's been away at war for ten years in the Trojan War, and then it takes him ten years to get back because so much shit just keeps happening to him. Yeah. Um. I think they. I don't think either of the films did things in the same order that they happen in the Odyssey or in the same order as each other, but there's definitely a whole lot of things that are clearly meant to be the same thing. Um. And some of them I'm not even sure. Having not read the Odyssey, I'm not sure which thing they're meant to be. Like I know. In the Odyssey, uh, Odysseus has to go through the land of the dead, um, but he also has to go through like an area where there's like all these cannibals, and I don't know which of those these represent, but I think in the movies, the pit that they go through where they where they think they're invincible and they end up singing with all the monsters, yeah. you know, the, with, like all the monsters who want to kill them, and by the end of it, the monsters are like real happy, and you know, Brother Warrett though, the KKK, yeah. I think those are meant to be the same thing. Yeah. They're or they very much feel like the same thing that they you know they're trying to get through and, um, you know this massive group that wants to kill them and they're like just trying to sneak and in both cases in disguise. I yeah. mean I know the the manly mustaches weren't much of a disguise but they still were, um, and obviously with the KKK they dress themselves up as the the color guard so they can save Tawny, um, yeah so it's interesting. Because those things don't happen at the same point in the story. Yeah. So I feel like that um, monster pit in Spongebob is very early. Whereas the KKK is, you know, right towards the end of, of the journey in, in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. And there's a few few things in the Spongebob movie that are almost callbacks to 
other jokes in the SpongeBob movie. Right. Oh, not, 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 sorry, in the SpongeBob show, not right. the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, of course there are. Because, like, the Goofy Goober thing reminds me of, like, the something Wiener. What was it? The Wiener? Weenie so, Hut Jr. Yeah, Weenie Hut Jr. And then, like, the How Tough Are You thing with them in the bar. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, How Tough Are You? I ate a bowl of cereal, a bowl of males for breakfast. And there's, like, so. And it's, like, without any milk. <gasps> Go right in. Um, <laughs> you know, and the whole, everyone dies if they, somebody dies if they make bubbles. Um, it's, it's a very, like, there's a little, little bits of callbacks. Obviously the whole trying to steal the, the, yeah, the Krabby Krabby Patty secret formulas and. Did we watch the, the food theory thing together? Where they made, they made Krabby Patties? No, we were talking about the fact that Mr. Krabs is so cheap. That the secret formula was probably nothing because right. it makes the most sense because there's a guy who doesn't like spending money. Why would he spend money on a secret ingredient mm-hmm. where you could just say there's a secret ingredient and people yeah. would believe it? Yeah. And the secret ingredient does literally nothing because he's so cheap. Yeah. I feel like they did that in an episode though. Or there's something similar to that. But then it doesn't make sense because Plankton gets it and then starts making Krabby Patties in this movie. Yeah, but also the Krabby, Krabby, the Krusty Krab is shut down. Yeah. So. But he is making the right recipe. Yes. It's the he finally gets his hand on the Krabby Patty, the recipe, and he, it doesn't say that the the secret ingredient was nothing. Yeah. So there must have been something, you know. A secret, they, but it's a secret formula, not a secret ingredient. Yeah, so yeah. it's the way it's done or whatever. Would one need just hire SpongeBob then? I think he tries that in episodes. Yeah, he does, does, does do that in episodes. Yeah. Um, but also he uses mind control. And that's yeah. As you do. And they all become like faceless drones, which also reminds me of the KKK. Um, the, Maybe that's meant to be the KKK. There is a really interesting and fun little random tidbit of one of the episodes with Plankton in it where <laughs> he... Where he's his wife Karen, who's a machine, yep. has made him dinner, and he's eating a hologram of meatloaf. Right. And because pl- plankton, the actual creature, mm-hmm. used photosynthesis, he's literally eating light, and it's such a brilliant light. <laughs> because as a kid, you're just like, oh, ha, ha, it's like. But this is what I mean that they genuinely put in. Yeah. Effort. Um, they did actual research. For it, you know? Wasn't the guy who created it like a marine biologist? Steve, was it Steve Hillenberger? Or is he... Yeah, Steven Hillenberger. Is he a marine Yeah, marine scientist. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I knew that was a fact that <laughs> I remembered. Um, also, SpongeBob SquarePants is canonically asexual, so no representation. <laughs> He's a mum and dad. Wait. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, the um, it's if I know it comes off as funny because they are animal, anap- no, what's the word? Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic like sea creatures. Yeah. But his behaviour is upsetting if it was a real person. Right. Because you imagine getting ready for work and you're showering and your workmate is just in your bathroom washing your back. You'd be just like, I'm <laughs> calling the police, I'm contacting HR, fuck you. And his best friend just being like constantly wearing the same underwear for how many, 13 I, I years? I don't know. Like, well, he changed the underwear... In the middle of that song without us ever seeing him do it. Yeah. So, I don't know what... Very must have been. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre in a good way. Mm-hmm. But if it was a human, like if you just did that interaction with a human, but it's like that... What was that show you watched? Where the girl was kept in like a weird cult... Keeping up with something Schmidt or something? What was oh it? my god, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Was it the girl that was kept in a cult and then just like brought into the real world and like... 
It's just basically autistic, yeah. but like and like weaponized. She's very SpongeBob, actually. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so she's so she's um the plot of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's a comedy series. It's it's not going to sound like a comedy series, but I it's can tell funny. You what. It's funny, guys. Don't worry it's about it. It's genuinely hilarious. Um, but it's about a woman in her thirties who, as a teenager, was kidnapped. So she was, I think, fifteen or sixteen. I don't know. She was a teenager anyway. She was kidnapped and brought into a bunker. By this guy who basically has a cult in the bunker, but he's he made them believe that the apocalypse has happened and he saved them. Yeah, blast in the past. Yeah, is except that he's kidnapping teenagers. Yeah. Um, and then Teen they're rescued, and they discover that there was no apocalypse. Yeah. And she moves to she's from I think she's from like Kansas or something, and she moves to New York City by herself. As a thirty-something-year-old woman who's been living, living in a bunker, bunker for fifteen years, years. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so she's like everything is amazing to her, and like and but she's also like totally still like regressive, regressed a little bit into childhood. So she like wears like bright colors. She's got like little child backpacks. She's never been to high school, things like that. Um, and but people obviously expect as an adult woman that she's at a certain level of maturity which she never got to reach yeah um so it's yeah it's a really interesting show but it's genuinely very funny um it's a it's a weird it's on netflix it's a netflix original series so people can can check that out if they haven't i don't know if i'm selling it well but she's got she has got a very similar personality to spongebob except a little bit more grounded in reality yeah um and they do cover a lot of like social issues because this is the perspective of a person like being like wait why is it this way you know yeah. like her best her, the person that she ends up becoming best friends with is a is a gay black man um who is who is like a very bizarre character because he's like just totally over the top um yeah so it's a it's an interesting show but i i understand the comparison you're making there yeah that is all SpongeBob is very much, but that's the thing is that I think sponges live a very long time. Yeah. So I think that's an intentional thing that he like in terms of you know because everyone keeps calling him a kid even though he's been working in the same job for over thirty years. Which is kind of sadly motivating, IRL. Because, what? I think, most people who. If you've been working the same job for 30 years and you're literally the best employee and you get passed over for a promotion, Mm -hmm. it probably would make you spiral downwards. Yeah. um, And get drunk on ice cream and then abuse your boss in in private, (laughs) uh, in public in front of, you know, a bunch of people. I can, I can understand that happening. Um... And that feels very real, but, like, at the same time, I don't think our generation and Zoomers would put up with that shit. Mm. Like... Because we were raised by Spongebob. Yeah, the quiet quitting, the the fact that we don't put up... We, we don't have the same opportunities to do nothing like the generation that came before us. Mm-hmm. Because you take um, our, our, my previous workmate and your workmate, who's been working in the same job for a billion years, you can't it's do not that. not a bit, 36 years, I think. Yeah. So he started <laughs> when I was... A couple months old. Yeah. Yeah. He's quite happy in that job, by the way. Yes. Just to yeah. for people listening. I'm not yeah. shitting on <laughs> said person. It's just it's and just, doing doing pretty well. Yeah, it's just bizarre to me who's gone through like multiple different, not even like careers, but like different job fields. Yeah. To be just like I could not imagine. Well, my dad's been working in the same place for over 30 years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the generation before us, you could do that mm-hmm. because inflation wasn't... Oh, he's as... at least worked his way yeah. up the ladder. Inflation isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, house prices weren't that bad. 
Like, obviously, like, the lending things, like, people are like, oh, but we have to pay 50% of deposit. Like, 50% of 16 grand is not a lot of money, folks. Like, it's a couple of months worth of savings, not, like, me spending five, five, no, eight years? Eight years saving enough for a deposit? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a big difference between, oh, boy, you did 50%. You're like, yeah, okay, so 16 grand, what do you friggin' do? Mm-hmm. Um, to buy a four-bedroom house with a double garage, um, it's it's so bizarre to me that yeah, SpongeBob, who was made in an era of my lifetime, I can understand it for like clonical. Uh, what's the word? What's what's going on with me today? I don't know. Um canonical reasons that he's stayed in the same job because yeah. it was very difficult because he'd be like in mid-season and then you'd be like oh the tv's playing a different episode and you're like why is he now working in an accountancy that yeah also sense. at this point they you know after this movie was made they can't because the yeah, yeah, yeah. ending of it is yeah. that he's <laughs> working there for 31 years <laughs> but it's like homer has multiple jobs um does he yeah. They find it, they made him not work no, he, he always power ends up. He always ends up back at the nuclear oh, power okay. plant. I'm just saying that like, he's done so many different things, and it's 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 very similar. Like I think they went over the top with Family Guy, um, which I know you don't like mm. because you don't like Seth Rogen. Um, it's no. not <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> I know. Why do we keep doing this? Because it's funny. It it started off as a mistake. And then it became a joke, and then it was a mistake again, and now it's a joke again. Um, you don't like Seth MacFarlane. True. Um, but you're okay with Seth Rogen. I don't uh, have a problem with Seth Rogen. I don't have a problem with Seth Rogen. She's calling you out, Seth. <laughs> Whichever Seth's listening. Any Seth. Um, Seth Green. Oh, no, I like Seth Green. <laughs> Why are we doing this? It's not. I don't have like a vendetta against everyone called Seth. I'm just not a fan of Seth MacFarlane. I almost said Seth Rogen. <laughs> it would have been funny. Yeah. No, it's um, yeah, Family Guy over overdid it with just like the different jobs. But like, no, Homer's had like there was a list of it that popped up on um, The Simpsons recently of how many jobs at Homer. It's like over thirty different jobs that he's had. Mm-hmm. Some of them obviously throw away like Rodeo Clown or blah blah blah, but like. Um, at the time he went to clown college and the time that he was like weirdly bodyguards for celebrities and you know the, all the other stuff but like yeah it's just it's, it's it's made for our generation well it started in our generation like you you know what going to the seeing the movie after the three seasons have like comp- concluded yeah so Sponge, so the original Spongebob like the first episode aired when I was eight years old yeah so it makes sense that at 13, I went to go see the movie, you know. Yeah, just, it's just, this is the fact I'd like the f- audience listening to chew on just a little bit. That's all I've got. Okay. You want to go through some trivia and then we'll go box office and, and oh, the other thing? Sure, we can do that. I mean, we didn't, I feel like, did we... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we, they're the same movies. Um, <laughs> I was like, did we compare them enough? They're the same. There's things like the... I'm just trying to think of other things in the Odyssey. There's the Bag of Wind in the Odyssey, yeah. which is exactly what it is in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. They're given the Bag of Wind to get home. Yeah. In the Odyssey, they use it to get right back to the island that he's from, and then his men get suspicious and think he's got treasure in it, so they open it again, pointing the wrong direction, and he gets pushed right back to where he got the Bag of Wind from. In SpongeBob, Patrick just opens it on the beach and it flies away, and then they lose it, and then they have to use David Hasselhoff yeah. to get to where they're going. Um, you know, brother, where are though? Instead of a bag of wind, they get a bag of money that yeah. gets them almost where they want to go, and then they get beat up for it. And, yeah. Um. Yeah, we talked about the sirens. Oh yeah, we you know we probably talked about pretty much all the things. Um, trivia. The only trivia that we haven't mentioned. Uh, two two pieces from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. One is that when they were making the movie, because they didn't want people getting wind of what the actual plot was going to be, they came up with a cover up plot that they could leak. Um, so people thought this was the plot, and it was that um SpongeBob had to go to Florida to rescue Patrick from a fisherman in Florida, and they just gave them the plot of Finding Nemo. 
Right. As <laughs> both SpongeBob and Patrick. Um, but it was it was just to keep fans busy with speculating about it. And the other one, other bit of trivia that I've taken down for this movie is that they built an eleven foot long David Hasselhoff figure so that the cameraman could film without straining the real David Hasselhoff. Fair enough. So when he's on the water, it's an eleven foot tall David Hasselhoff. Um, which David Hasselhoff took home after <laughs> And about ten years later he auctioned it off for charity. So no. someone out there has spent a lot of money on an eleven foot tall David Hasselhoff. Which is great. Um in terms of notes for a brother Martha, one of them was about the film soundtrack, which we kind of touched on, um, but it surpassed the success of the film, wow. the soundtrack. Um, so by early two thousand and one, so the film went two thousand. By early two thousand and one, the soundtrack had sold five million copies. They had made a documentary film about the soundtrack. There were three follow up albums, two concert tours, and it won um, country music awards for album of the year and single of the year. And it won five Grammys, including Album of the Year, and it hit number one on the Billboard al- album charts uh, in the week of March 15, 2002, so, which was two years after it was released. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> so um, that's nuts. Um, I mentioned that neither of the Coen brothers had read The Odyssey. Uh, in fact, the... Only person on set who had ever read the Odyssey was Tim Blake Nelson, who has a degree in classics from Brown University. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson was a neighbor of Joel Cohen's at the time, um, and Joel had not actually seen him act in anything before they sent him the script to ask him to read for this. And when he received the script, he thought that they were just asking for his advice as a classics major. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't realize they wanted him to read for the film. Um, and he's fantastic. I really like Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Um, the other thing was that George Clooney, they assumed because his aunt is Rosemary Clooney, who was a famous actress and singer, um, they assumed that he would be able to yeah. sing. It is clearly, so clearly dumb. Yeah, so he practiced for weeks to, to do it, but when he came in to record, they were like, mm, no. Nah. So, so his uh, his voice is dubbed by Dan Timinski, who's a country blues singer. Um, the only one of the three of them whose actual voice appears in the soundtrack is Tim Blake Nelson. He sings, um, what was it? I can't remember what the name of it. The thing was, it was like, I'm a journeyman or whatever. The other song that he sings while he's, well, um, Ulysses is trying to talk to his yeah. wife. I'm a goofy goober. Yeah, I'm a goofy goober. Um, and then this was one that I just thought was interesting. So it, there's, in in the Odyssey, um, there is a character that turns um, uh, Odysseus's men into pigs. Um, so apparently the, um, uh, an interpretation of the sirens in the film is that they turn the men into pigs, yeah. as in they hand them over to the police, Yeah. which I thought was fun. Uh, budget and box office wise. So these actually, so these films came out in 2000 and 2004 and they actually have a very similar budget. Um, so over there were the, the budget was $26 million and for, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants maybe the budget was $30 million. So they're pretty close in budget, which is amusing to better in the box office. It's always the kids' movie. It's yeah. always the kids' movie that makes more money. So, Oh Brother Where Art Thou made seventy-one million in box office. Not yeah. bad. Uh, whereas SpongeBob SquarePants would be made one hundred and forty-one million. Yeah. It's yeah. The kids' movie that makes more money. What I thought was interesting was um, the opening weekend stats. So. Uh, oh Brother Where Art Thou in US and Canada on opening weekend only made $195,000. Wow. Uh, which is not very much. Uh, whereas SpongeBob SquarePants movie on its opening weekend in US and Canada, where did it go? It's, it's gone away from me. I reloaded the page. Um, oh no, that's because I'm on George Clooney's IMDb page, I was like, I'm very confused by this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have, sorry. So, uh, opening weekend in US and Canada for SpongeBob SquarePants movie, they made $32 million. Wow. So, versus, what was that, 195000 Yeah. Yeah. Quite a difference in opening weekend. Uh, so, it makes sense that the worldwide gross um, ended up being double what it was for Robert O'Reilly. Yeah. Which means it did do a decent amount of cash drop. 
but there was a lot to catch up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, is there anything else you wanted to add about these films? No. No. I'm good. You're good. You're good. Uh, you agree they're the same same films? Well, they're based on the same source material <laughs> and they have very similar plot lines. So yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Um. If you want to hear more of us, well, not really, but if you want, kind of. What? <laughs> if you've heard this, you don't want to hear any more. No, no, I mean, I mean, you're not really going to hear any more, but I was going to say, um, you can check out us on social media. So our Twitter and Instagram handle is it takes two underscore pod. On Facebook, we are it takes two pod. Uh, our website is it takes two dot co dot nz. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, which I believe is just it takes two nz. Um, and we have a Discord server that you can join. Uh, the link is in the description and also on our website and in our Twitter bio. So you can you can find us in all the places and come say hi. Yeah, that works. Sorry, I'm going to do a closing <laughs> statement. Um, four score and seven years ago. Um, thank you all for listening and uh, stay safe out there and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.